whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. I begin our show today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Gadigal people of the Inora Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening with us today. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron Show. I'm Stacey Spear, and I am joined by the one, the only, Danny DeGroote. How are you, Danny? I am very well, thanks, Stace. I had a big weekend of training, so... Just trying to wind down on my lovely Saturday also Sunday night. And uh we're a couple of weeks out. How are you feeling? Yeah, we are. I think what is it, eighteen days, seventeen days, something along those lines. Um, feeling really good. Um, it's getting obviously really close. So I think prep's just through the roof at the moment with everyone. We're just trying to make sure we know what we're we're doing. Um yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I've kind of got no words for it. It's just kind of surreal that it's only 18 days away. And uh, so you've got camp, camps, is that next next week? Two weeks? In two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks and, away. So we leave that's in Sydney? In Sydney, Narrabeen, yep. Yeah, excellent. Great facilities up there. That's going to be really, really good. Um, so it's, this is going to be the first time that you guys are all going to meet together, be in camp together. Um, it's going to be a really exciting time for you guys. And hopefully I'll, I'll be able to get out and, and come and see you guys when you guys are up there. But tonight, uh, it's just me and Danny, uh, and we're taking this all the way, this episode all the way back. And it's going to be specifically for new players who are kind of joining the sport um, because what I find is uh, because we're having so many rookies coming down to our training sessions is um, it must be so overwhelming to hear these words of, uh, you know, how to play the game that you don't understand. So things simple like formation, line of scrimmage, all of these kinds of words can make girls feel overwhelmed. So that's the point of this podcast tonight is to do football 101 and we're going to be talking all offensive formations. But uh, before we, you know, get into this nerdy football chat, which I love, um, let's talk about how, um, I wanted to share some of the things that kind of really confused both me and Danny when we first started playing. And, you know, for me, it was the term leverage. And uh, one of the, one of our coaches very, very early on would always talk about leverage, blocking leverage, tackling leverage. I just had no idea what that meant. And he would always be adjusting our alignment in game. And looking back on it, he was really just trying to put our bodies in the position where you have the most foundational power, you know, which is essentially what leverage is. It's a solid base. And if you imagine in the game, if you imagine the game like positioning like angles and degrees, it's kind of that perfect point where power meets physics and the smallest person has every opportunity to take down someone twice their size, which is super important in every aspect of the game for every position. So now after playing for so long and being put in my ass quite a few times, I learned what leverage is and how important it is. Um, but it's just these types of little things that pe- the coaches would say that you just need clarification on. And a lot of times it's a light bulb moment until that happens. Danny, what what is your thing that you didn't understand when you first started playing? Look, I was ha- trying to have a think of this and it was so long ago, I feel like, that I started. So I had to kind of pick one, I think, think about when I say to rookies, tell them to try and do something. And I've got to remember, oh, my God, they don't know what I'm talking about. It's whenever we'll get out there and I'll set them up, set them up at a receiver position and I'll say, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to do a five and in. And they'll look at me like five and in, what's a five and in? 
So I've always got to come back and be like, okay, you've got to really explain yourself. So what I mean by five and in is five steps, so five yards, well, not five, but five yards, and then you're going directly 90 degrees. So I think really explaining things like routes to receivers um, or potential receivers is such a big one because we can just go out there and babble on about you're going you're gonna to go five, five steps and then do a post or you're going to do go five yards and do a post. Like what's a post? So I think dump, really dumbing down and bringing it back to the real core basics of um, the angles, the 90 degrees, the 45 degrees and how many yards, um, you know, a standard um, route is and stuff. So I think that's my biggest one. That's I'll go with that one. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think, you know, part that comes with that is that I think coaches forget that because they've been in the game for so long, like we can just talk football to anyone around the world and they will understand us. But for someone that has no idea, explaining things like routes need to be run at, you know, direct angles, like straight lines, you know, that's how you get your separation is straight angles, you know, really precise cuts, things like that. And, uh, you know, I've often found that coaches try to dumb down explaining a playbook to women for some unknown reason I mean you wouldn't do that when you're talking to the Colts because you want to make them better men's players but uh, you know too often we get coaches just calling things different things to make it seem like it's easier uh, to teach us which it's not Um, so that's kind of what this podcast is about so I'm really excited to kind of nut into this one Um, but yeah as promised this segment uh, which is the playbook is for new players this year or those who want to talk more about offense from a very basic level So let's roll into the playbook for tonight. Some people are just great at all aspects of the game. When they step foot on the field, it's their show. Double right, scat right, double cowboy. Went 94 feet, did a Euro step, made a right-hand layup timeout. Most important thing is film study. We work a lot on short passing with our forwards. You talk about somebody to know the playbook, know where everybody's supposed to be, know the other team, coaches, style of coaching, how his ball club's going to play. All right, Danny, it's recruiting season, which means new players will be coming and giving the sport a go. And we know football is a complicated game. To save the Google searches or feeling like you're asking a stupid question, we're going to break down some of the verbiage or the words that you'll hear from your coaches like, okay, we're going to run this heavy eye with an X shift motion on two or something similar. Uh, So let's start by talking about offensive formations. Um, Danny, as you know, the formation of your offense in simple terms is where you have everyone placed on the field to give your offense an advantage and disadvantage the defense. You know, it covers the shape uh, of the offense and uses words and or numbers like 11 personnel, 12 personnel, or words like the described concepts such as spread, heavy, all that kind of stuff. So let's start off with a simple one. Danny, spread formation. What are we talking about here? What's in its, what are its advantages? So spread formation, that's where we want to spread out out our receivers, um, get as much length across the field as possible to spread out the defence. So it's a really good way to make um, the defence spread out to try and get um, runs up the middle um, and then make them compact in again and then um, let loose over the air to your spread formation receivers who um, are in 11-man football. So spread will kind of mean that you've got Four, uh, four receivers out there, so two on one side and two on the other side. Yeah, exactly. And, and would you would you agree that it's probably like one of the first formations that you learn as a rookie or as when, when you're starting out playing football? Spread formation is one of the easiest things that you can just jump straight into, right? 
Yeah, look, I'd definitely say it is. Um, we basically started off in that formation. I know when I started, um, and you see a lot of teams doing it, it is an easy formation, especially when you've got lots of receivers to chuck all your receivers out there, two, two, by, two on each side, um, your single running back, lots of different easy run plays that you can do out of that. Um, so you're not looking at doing the triple option and things like that with numerous running backs and stuff and people running around. Um, very simple um, kind of formation, just a bait, good base formation to just start off in. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think the benefits are that it keeps the defense guessing because, uh, you know, there's no obvious overlaps when you're looking at the formation. You know, you're not seeing an extra running back or an extra tight end, you know, leaning to the strength side um, or something like that. So it's a very balanced formation, which means you can run either a pass or a run out of it. And, you know, you 50-50 guess on that one. Um, I think the on to this kind of formation, though, is that you kind of you need a, like a solid quarterback with a decent arm, and your O line do a majority of the blocking out of this formation, so they have to be good. Um, you know, so there, I guess you kind of two <clears throat> two ways of looking at spread formation, and then you know every formation can be used in a run or a pass, but as we know, there are some that lean. <clears throat> towards the strengths of the offense. So if you're a high passing offense, you're going to be want to be using formations that allow you to isolate defenders in coverage or put the defender in conflict, making them choose a receiver to cover and then bam, QB read and the quarterback throws to the other one, right? So we're looking things like, you know, your trips, you know, where you've got your three receivers to one side, you've got your bunch formation where you've got your receivers lined up super close in order to get like a rub on the defense or a switch route. I mean, out of these kind of formations, receiver heavy formations, Danny, what's kind of your favorite go-to? Oh, look, I, I honestly love it. Just a big widespread formation. It's, you can do so much out of it. Um, like you were saying, the defense is kind of always guessing. You don't, they don't really know what you're going to kind of pull out of your back pocket at any, any form of time. Um, especially in offenses that I've been in, we use, obviously we, we do, um, you know, generally the zone reads and the RPOs and stuff out of that. So defense is always constantly guessing. Um, but then again, I do really love a trips formation um, with the flood concept. So the flood concept of, um, you know, roll out and then most routes on that, you know, rolling out to the left, to the, let's say the, the trips left side, the trips are on the left. Um, you've got all those routes flowing to that sideline with you. Um, so that's probably one of my other favorite um favorite uh, form formations I think to to run out of especially you can get some really good rub routes um through 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 that too yeah so let's so what I love about American football is at oftentimes the words actually describe what is happening so in in a concept like flood um you're doing exactly what the word says you're flooding one side uh you know of the field essentially and you know when we're talking about rub routes uh you know just to break it down we're talking about two routes that cross over each other or that put a defender in the middle so that the, you know, the tight space is so compressed that one of them has to pop open at some point. So you're kind of getting the defense in there, making them choose and then putting them in a position where you can take advantage of that. Um, but yeah, you know, and I've seen a whole bunch of stuff run out of bunch. Um, it's a really interesting one. You could have like two receivers like jacked up, stacked up against each other, you know, three receivers, like, you know, over our time, Danny in the league, we've seen all of this kind of stuff run to some success oftentimes not success I think that was just a you know based on the fact that our offense wasn't as as a league wasn't as uh as up to standard as it probably should have been to be running those sorts of formations yeah Um, I was gonna say something about that I think that's a very big thing is that um 
quite we're not quite there yet I think to be running those really tight bunched formations and it really comes down to also receivers knowing the speed of the people that are that are you know next to them and where those routes are going and what the objective is to where you've got to rub off the back of people and stuff like that so um yeah maybe maybe one day in a couple of years we'll see a lot more of that and run a lot more successfully too I think we're going to need uh, to be playing a little bit more person aside football to be able to that happen. But, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. we know how that goes. Um, but Danny, talk to me about quarterback positioning. Uh, you know, while we're talking formations, because, you know, as with any part of the offensive wheelhouse, adjustments in alignment can change a whole play. So, for example, a play that's run out of uh, under center is different to how it's run out of pistol or shotgun. Um, so, what I guess, what is the difference for you playing as a quarterback playing under under center versus shotgun? Yeah, so look, I think um, playing under center takes away a lot of opportunity for a quarterback. Um, so generally, for me, when I think about if a quarterback's playing um, under center, they're probably just going a mad heavy run, more of a heavy run game. Um, and that means the quarterback's not really reading either. So they don't have that option to read that emol, emol, which is the end man on the line of the script on script on the line of scrimmage. Um, so they don't have that opportunity to take advantage of um, that player there too. Um, and I think realistically, uh, well, I am a very big um, gun person. I do like gun just because I. I, I don't yeah, like center. I don't yeah, like, same. Yeah, I'm completely on board I with you. Like, yeah, look, I feel like it takes away a lot of what I can do away, um, and lots of people might might feel feel the same. Um, but you know, it makes makes things harder. Like you know, drop dropping back from from under center to 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 throw the ball. Um, you know, you when you're under center, you're quite close to quite close to your to your center, and trying to look over and see what's going on. Um, can be a little bit more difficult too and a little bit you, you, you kind of can't see the whole field. I feel like you can't yeah. you can't see it all, whether you step back and you're done, you can see everything a bit more cle- more clearly. Yeah, um, exactly. There's just a lot more opportunity. I think, I think too, like, um, you know, under centre is, like, I find under centre fascinating um, in the fact that, one, I don't have the knees for it anymore. Like, you know, mm-hmm. some of these centers, like they get right down low. And for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about when we're saying under center, it's literally you're putting your hands in, in, in the Gucci's, you know, right under there in your center. So oftentimes mm-hmm. you give them a pat on the butt and be like, I'm coming in because sometimes it can be a little invasive. Um, yeah, but- and you have to put that pressure in that area too. So when your hand's under there, you kind of want to put that pressure on there so they know where they're snapping the ball to also. Yeah, I mean, you get really up close and intimate under centre. And so you've got to have a really good relationship with with your centre to be able to do that. But, um, you know, I think uh, it's the same as you. You know, a pistol or the gun is one of my preferences from an alignment perspective. I mean, you get to utilise a lot of the option type plays. Um, the ability to read and look past the line um, has its definite advantages. But, you know, you have to have such fast feet and to be able to get a lot of depth in that drop back to be able to read for a pass. So you're exactly right there. But, again, we've seen a couple of quarterbacks in the league that have had, like, having been under centre, like, you know, looking at Michelle Crisp from the USW Raiders, for example, like under centre, gets back quickly, um, you know, but there's not many not many quarterbacks that can do it uh so, yeah, that's definitely something to take into consideration when you're looking at a playbook. Um, but, yeah, 
And formations, I think, are really exciting because, you know, we know that football is a game of inches. And if your alignment in any formation is key to success, which is why some formations lend themselves to the more successful of uh, for a running back, like, you know, your eye formation. So eye formation is typically, uh, you know, they're lined up. It's, it's in the name. Uh, running backs lined up in an eye behind the, behind the quarterback. You know, the running back starts about six to eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and I guess the key here is that the running back is placed so far behind that they can look over the defense um, and it gives more opportunities for finding weak points for that running back to run into. And I wish Chrissy were here tonight because she would tell you all about this sort of stuff. Um, you know, but this eye formation, it's designed to overpower the defense and the line of scrimmage by overloading the box. Uh, so looking at the eye formation, Danny, when the running back is lined up directly behind you versus next to you in like a single back formation or a multiple back formation, how does that thing, how does that change the mesh point and the handoffs for you? Oh, I think it changes it a lot, doesn't it? So, you know, footwork is a really big key for a quarterback in any in any formation, um, whether you're in gun, pistol or under centre, but it becomes a really big thing with, you know, once you've got that centre snap, you need to make sure you've turned, whipped your head, located that running back. In the meantime, not if you're faking to the fullback, not running to the fullback too. So your line's got to be quite, depending on where, what gap we're running running into, whether we're running an inside gap, so in between a centre and a guard, or running more of an outside kind of gap in between the um, guard and the tackle. Um, it's going to depend what angle you kind of open up to and where, where you head. And there can be a lot of times when people, when quarterbacks and running backs are starting off where there's a lot of footwork issues and collisions and stuff. So um, it's very, it's a big thing where running backs have to have good timing um, and good timing with their fullback too, to, to know when they're going. So that they're not too close to their fullback when they're getting the, the handoff also. Um, quarterbacks have to get out quite quickly from under centre also, because you don't want to get sometimes Unfortunately, you meant to, so linemen are meant to go forward on a run, but sometimes, you know, they initially might take a step backwards and you might get trotting on. So you've got to kind of make sure you get out there, get out of the way quickly and take the correct angle. Um, mesh point can be hard too because you've got to turn and put the, put the ball in and sometimes you might clip, the ball might clip the hip of the running back or you might put it up too high. Um, there's just a lot that can go wrong, especially with new, newer running backs and newer quarterbacks um, in that in that position. From my opinion, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, having having a running back right next to you, and uh, you know that process of receiving the snap, bringing the snap in, and putting the ball back out <clears throat> where the running back is actually looking at it, so they can adjust their arms, and you can get that right into that stomach. Um, I think, mm-hmm. and and the ability to be able to ride that as well you know from the eye formation it's really hard to ride on a side angle and keep your eyes up at the same time um so that's you know there's pros and cons to all of these different formations but we're just hoping that you guys get a general overview of to you know what we're talking about especially if you kind of jump want to jump into any of these positions moving forward um but yeah you know moving on from you know the running game you're running a strong running game we're looking at things like multiple back formations you know double tied ends you know, they just lend themselves to, you know, playbooks that have misdirection and power blocking, smash mouth football. You know, when you've got more than one running back out there and you've got that blocker that's free to demolish anyone that's coming at speed, uh, you know, that's 
that's another formation that you know we see quite a lot of depending on the type of your offense and and I guess that's something that we have you always have to consider isn't that Danny I mean if you've got a if you've got a whippy speedy offense you're not going to be wanting to, to run or you might not be able to run a lot of these heavy set formations you know yeah look and, and that is true you know if you don't have kind of a solid um running back to so a solid fullback to sit over the top of your running back you don't you, you're not necessarily going to be running that eye formation or even potentially that kind of um kind of split split formation all of the time um I know that I do like running a split formation with two speed backs. That's that's really good. So if you've got more than one back that's quite quick, you can split them either side of the quarterback when they're in gun um, and you can do multiple things with them. You're just, um, you're, you're just eyeing off this triple option, aren't you, Daddy? You love this yeah, triple option. I am, I am. I love that triple option and that's, you know, that's – the key one that you'll run out of, run out of that, isn't it? Um, but it's good because then you, you don't need you don't need them to be blocking. All about that triple option option in that one, you know, misdirection and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's not necessarily having two backs isn't necessarily going to be the be all end all for having a fullback. Um, you don't need to. You can have two speed backs too at the same time and run multiple kind of run plays um, out of that speed back stuff too. With two backs. That's exactly right. Exactly right. You know, and then you know we come to you know what Christy Moran's famous for, which is the wildcat formation uh, where you're attempting to get the defense off guard by throwing the quarterback in who is probably a running back and them just taking straight off. Uh, you know, that, that gets used often uh, depending on, you know, what your team and your makeups go about. If you've got a couple of quarterbacks, if one's fast, you know, there's just a whole heap of mind games that you can play uh, when you're looking at formations and all that kind of stuff. It's just craziness to think the amount of strategy, you know, and we're talking about minute, tiny details about where your foot is in relation to the quarterback that is success when it comes to football, right? So we're really hoping that you guys got some some benefit out of that. You know, Daddy and I, we could probably talk football for hours like I could with anyone on the panel, like I could to anyone who would listen, uh, actually. Um, but let's let's finish this one up and roll into our last segment of the night, which is Rapid Fire. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Danny. It's Rapid Fire time. Now, because this is all for the rookies, uh, they're going to be getting playbooks soon. Uh, and I wanted to talk about the best ways to study a playbook because I think it comes down to knowing how you learn best. Uh, so there are people that learn best by, you know, listening to things, by looking at things, by doing things. Um, so what's been the best example of learning a successful playbook? Um, I guess when you're looking at an entire team, how, how can girls figure out how best they learn? Look, I think um, the information retaining on a playbook um, really comes down to a couple of things. Obviously, how how the players do do learn those things. So whether they're um, you know more they do study, they do flashcards, they have to be out of the field. But then I think a big onus is kind of on the coaches to make sure that they're not installing too much too soon, um, and that in preseason they install. They do install they, they they pretty much install um, certain parts of the playbook. So I know for us now, for certain teams of that, that I've been in, um, very beneficial that you know one week you install let's say two run plays and two pass plays. 
and you do those at practice so the people that do um, that retain the information more um, doing they get to do that and then that whole next week everyone can go back and look at all over all those plays that week so they're not having to look at five different pass plays four different run plays so it's just going in that um, just kind of dribbling it out to them I guess you know making sure that there's not too much information week by week really installing only a couple of things a week so that way the girls can do their install on the field then do the install whether they do flashcards that week whether they just do normal study writing down drawing it looking at it trying to figure it out um, I think that's probably what I'd say um, I think everyone like what you, what you said there about uh, you know it's it's on the onus of the coaches to not install everything all at once and I think it's it, because of the limited time that everyone's got it's so easy for coaches to go here's a playbook read the playbook come training knowing the playbook but in reality um, and it, especially with women and, and I guess a lot like everyone in general but especially women is that we like to understand the context behind things so you know explaining the concept you know when we're out in the field installing those couple of plays looking at how they uh why we're doing what we're doing and how it works against certain things being able to answer questions um you know and not like I said laying it all out there and going hey this is your responsibility to learn this entire playbook but to also build a playbook that builds off itself um, I find has like more success too because you I, and I've been in teams where you've gotten a playbook an offensive uh, playbook and you've gone well these plays have nothing to do with each other it's like well you know what are we building up to here you know and, and from my perspective every play should have at least two or three variations of that one play so there's always opportunities for learning there's always opportunities to explore you know how something else works but as long as you've got those base plays down packed and they work in a logical order, I think that that yep. lends itself a little bit more to being able to be retained a little bit better on the field. And, you know, and there's, there's yeah. things that girls use, you know, they're looking at risk coaches and stuff like that. I'm not one for risk coaches. I think that, you, right. know, yeah. you know, you should be able to remember these things because by the time that you get into season, you should have run a hundred post routes. You should have, you know, run a stretch play a million times, you know? So I, I feel, I feel that like learning, when you're in an adult environment, especially a playbook is super challenging at for anybody. But once you figure it out, and I think onus comes from the coaches as well to be able to install and teach properly. Yeah. And I definitely think in a playbook too, that um, coaches need to make sure everything's quite clear and concise. So, you know, descriptions of, you know, make sure they've got a route tree on there and they've got very good descriptions of what they're wanting from you so what the the post route is whether it be at five yards whether it be at 10 yards you know what your screens are you know and and kind of how many steps you're taking to one side to come back for a tunnel screen and things like that so I think the more precise the playbooks are the better the plays are going to retain that information and pick it up quicker whether they obviously do it at field again or study at home um, they're going to pick it up easier because it's all that information's in there and they're hopefully not going to be second guessing themselves and they're not going to have to be asking 10 million questions um, constantly because a lot of it is already there for them. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, guys, that's all we have time for tonight. Like I said, Danny, thanks for being on the show today. I know you've got so much prep work to do um, for the upcoming World Cup. 
Um, and we have so much planned to ensure that no one misses out on anything Outback related. Uh, so make sure that you guys download the episode, subscribe, hit us up on socials, tag a new recruit, especially for this episode. Stop the Googling and the random questions, although there are no stupid questions. Uh, tag your mates. And until next week, happy footballing. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.